Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Now, on this week's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about something that is a little bit taboo, to be honest. And to me, it's still crazy that it's so taboo because what we're going to be talking about, I can guarantee you, has an impact on your life. It has an impact on your well-being. It has an impact on the experiences you have throughout your life. It has an impact on your family. Like what we will be talking about really does directly impact every area of your life. And yet for some reason, it's still frowned upon to talk openly about it, honestly about it, and to have a desire to get better at working with it. And that thing is money. Now, for those who've listened to the podcast before, one of the first ever episodes that we recorded was me sharing my story of money mindset and how negative my relationship with money was growing up and how I actually went through a year of money mindset coaching to change my relationship with it and it made such a huge difference. Well, today on the show, we're going to be continuing down that topic but also expanding on it thanks to a very good friend of mine called Phil Usher. He runs The Cheeky Investor and let me promise you, when it comes to people who have what I think is a great take on money and a great view on money and how to work with it and how to use it not only to make an impact in your own life but then to impact other lives as well this man is such a shining example of that so in the show we're going to be going deep into uh, your beliefs about money we're going to talk about some of the big problems with money in Australia at the moment and how that's causing a lot of stress for people we're going to talk about Bill's big tips and pieces of advice to help you become better at working with money and to live a life that's a bit more financially free. And I'm so excited to do that. Now, don't forget that like all of our episodes these days, this is available for free on the Wellness Library. So the Wellness Library is the free component of Pocket Coach, which is our e-learning platform. I feel like the best way to describe it is You know how Duolingo teaches you languages? Well, Pocket Coach teaches you soft skills and personal development. And within that, there is a section called the Wellness Library, which is where we have hundreds of blogs, podcasts, videos, all designed to help you have access to the tools and knowledge to live a life of thriving. So if you haven't yet checked out the Wellness Library and signed up for free, make sure you do it. It's in the uh, link in the comments below, or in the uh, show description below, I should say. Click that link, check it all out, dive on in. And with all that said, let's welcome Phil to the show. Let's do it. Okay, mate, welcome to the show and thanks for coming in. We've uh, obviously had a good chance to have a proper catch up before we go in. Um, Guys, for those listening, before we jumped into this podcast interview, Phil and I were having a chat and I was sharing just some things that I read this morning when it came to money and stress, and they only got me more. I'm going to say excited for this interview, but also worried about the state. <laughs> worried about other people. <laughs> yeah, worried about they are people. Concerning. Yeah, I feel like a very concerned parent right now. Where I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited for the potential for change, but I'm really worried the kid's going to fall off the bike in the meantime. Um, so you know, things like what I was reading, I said over 50 percent of Australians are stressed about money. Um, about 45 percent of Australians say that their well-being, which is obviously what I'm very interested in is heavily impacted by money. Uh, it's now one of the top causes of stress. Up to 38% of households are spending more than they earn, which shocked and terrified me. And then the real hitter was about 86% of Australians. So in theory, nine out of 10 people listening to this 
could not accurately tell us their monthly budget or their outgoing. So if for those listening, if I said to you, hey, can you tell me how much money you spend each month to live? Do you have an accurate answer to that? Uh, this study was saying nine out of 10 people cannot answer that question, which is terrifying. But we're not just going to dive down the deep, dark hole. Of, this is terrifying. And what's the world coming to? We're going to shed some light and hope on that and talk about money and well-being and why we should be talking about money more openly and having better strategies towards it. And we're going to do that with a good friend of mine, um, Phil. Mate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me on here. That's, um, that's some terrifying statistics. Nine out of 10 people not knowing, uh, yeah, what's kind of going on with their, their money. Yeah, I mean, it's the classic, uh, what's the saying? What we measure, we can manage. Yeah. And if people are not... They're not measuring or managing. <laughs> yeah, in any way, shape or form. And that's starting, as we said, to come through emotionally, but... Before we jump into that, man, I'd love to give you the chance to introduce yourself to our listeners and share a bit about your backstory and why you're interested in in money and what got you interested in this space and yeah, to share yeah, some of yeah, your story. Sure. All right, so to do that, we're going way back to uh, you know younger Phil. Um, grew up in Aboriginal Housing Commission um, in Tamworth. That's in uh, the country. If you're not familiar with that, um, you know, sort of five hours from Sydney. One of six kids. Dad was the only one working. He worked at the flour mill for. 30 grand a year mm. um, and, and mum stayed at home. So, you know, things are pretty tight on that equation. Yeah. Um, not that you know it as a kid. You kind of kick it along doing what you do and you just, you don't have a concept of money. And it's not till um, kind of got to my teenage years and I kind of looked around. I'm like, yeah, things are pretty tight here. That's that's kind of a bit of a struggle that we're in. So, um, and then I just kind of got curious from there. Like we, we never went without anything, but you could always tell that things were, things were pretty tight with money. Uh, so I just got this fascination, like um, my sister bought me this book when I was like 15, I think it was just a money book. And, you know, I was sort of, it wasn't a naughty kid, I just didn't pay a lot of attention in class, played a lot of sport and that type of stuff. Then I just started reading it and found it interesting. Um, and then I just got obsessed with, like, started asking the question, like, why other people had money and we didn't. Mm. And I just thought, you know, what, what makes a difference, like, Richard Branson, why does he have money and our family does it? Or why do Packers have money and we don't? And then I just started reading, just started reading all these finance and, and business sort of books, which is interesting when you first do it because it's kind of like, um, you know, you, you, you get um, you know put into a category if you're trying to get rich quick, you're getting brainwashed. So you kind of started off sort of embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. When you have these finance books, you kind of sort of hide them away. Um, but they can now read, you know, <laughs> 20, 30 a year yep. type of thing. So just had this fascination. It was never about chasing money or anything. It was just about what was the difference between people that had money and, and people that didn't have it. So, um, yeah, got deep into that and then went on to, you know, one of the biggest, um, you know, correlations between everyone's book was money and business. So I went to uni, studied business, um, started getting into stocks and then, um, yeah, just kind of built from there this fascination around, you know, why people had money and, and why others didn't. Yeah, and it's really cool hearing that this sort of being driven by this intense sense of curiosity. So like, why why is yeah. this happening and what, what's this about? I think that's the best way to learn. I want to pick up on something you said, which I find really interesting. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the when you first started diving into it, it's almost the oh, trying to get rich quick scheme. It's got this really negative perception around it and quickly, you know, so you get put in that box. Do you yeah. think that's a reflection of sort of Australian psychology with money and like the, the – the cultural perception of it? Oh, for sure. There's always, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but I even get some of the smirks and stuff with some of the books when I go to the checkout at, at like Dimmicks or something. 
And, uh, you know, one of the best ones is Think and Grow Rich. Yep. That title itself sounds like uh, absolute nonsense. All yep. you have to do is think and grow rich, which is essentially what you do do. Um, but, yeah, people just kind of shy away from it. I don't know if they're afraid of it or if it's just the conversations that we're having at home that you've got to work the 50 hours a week to live reasonable life and money happens to other people. Yeah. That it's just inherited. Yeah, I think that's kind of the premises of what what people see with it. Anything else, and you're just getting brainwashed into something that's not not real, or you'll end up losing your money, or it's too good to be true type of thing. It's always this really deterministic, like you've either got it or you don't. Yeah. Um, but funnily enough, we're also <laughs> when it comes to you know when it comes to our country, we're one of the biggest players of the lottery. Yeah. So it's <laughs> we've got this yeah we've got this sort of psychology obsession of oh you know don't do anything out of the box to try and make, make money. Like just work your 40, 50 hours a week and you yeah. know, tra- trade your time for money and probably hate your job along the way. But that's, you know, we're Aussie battlers. That's what we're <laughs> that's meant what to do. do. But then it's at the same time, it's kind of like, well, let's now try our luck with, I've always found it funny when anyone tells me it's too much risk to invest in stocks. Yeah. They're normally the same people who are buying scratchies. Yeah. Right. And yeah, all the pokies. Yeah, all the pokies. It's this weird sort of cultural perception around how much risk we're willing to take with money, where we're willing to take that risk, um, and what it means to have money. Yeah. Uh, what have you found, sort of, through your experience of, of being in this space around how people view those with money or interested in money or, you know, yeah. basically that have a passion about it? Yeah, well, well so that selfish comes to mind and then greed mm. and, um, you know. Um, Scrooge McDuck greedy. sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that yeah. type of thing. Um, you know, it's kind of position. You look at all the movies you watch as a kid. Yep. The bad guy is generally motivated by money yep. or, or something, you know, and then you just associate that um, growing up. You know, you're watching all these kids' movies, the bad guy's trying to get money, he's trying to hold people hostage. or So you just kind of inadvertently associate that with money, you're greed, mm. evil, and if you're accumulating money. So I think that's um, you know sort of part of the the process, um, and then you you know if you you're associated greed or negative behaviour with money, then that's the last thing that you want to do. Yeah, you don't want to be a bad person. Um, so you kind of assume people that have money are, are bad people or they're greedy, and you want to avoid being seen in that light, so you don't kind of attract money or you don't sort of pursue it. But yeah, yeah, even so, I've seen people judge people based on a car that they drive. Mm. It's like a Mercedes or a BMW, and they're trying to park and they're kind of stuffing it up and like, oh, you know, rich people, they can't park type thing. Or I've seen that plenty of times before and no different. That person couldn't park with it was, you know, <laughs> in a Corolla or whatever. It's, yeah. yeah, the car's got nothing to do with it. So, yeah, mm. that crazy perception around uh, rich people. And, and there are rich people that are, um, you know, terrible, evil people and mm. there's poor people that are still terrible and evil. Uh, one of the best things I learned was um, a lot of people think money changes you, but... Uh, money amplifies you. Is this Will Smith's quote? Because uh, oh, there's a great quote I love it. Will Smith, yeah, he says, uh, money makes you more of who you already are. Yeah, it's around right. the same thing. It's just yeah. amplifies you. You're an arsehole and you're poor. I'll give you $10 million. You're just going to be a bigger arsehole than more people. Yeah. But if you're generally grounded and, you know, good person, then, um, yeah. Mm. But, but the thing with money, though, just on that, is you've got to go um, incremental as well. That's mm. why when people win the lottery, they go from zero to $100 million. You can't do that. You can't do it emotionally. Yeah. You've got to go from zero to a thousand to five to ten to a hundred to a mil to five mil, and you kind of grow because you've got to grow each yeah. stage um, as as wealth sort of increases. Yeah. So yeah, that's why you see a lot of people win the lottery 
and they're just not emotionally that person to know how to deal with a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So you've got to kind of go up in increments. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like I get, and obviously I'm very interested in how money links to well being, but I can see now just from what you were talking about, it's so linked to personal growth as well, because you do need to grow and develop and learn more about yourself yeah. at each stage of that journey. Hundred um, percent. And it's almost like building a habit out of it, right? Like it's building a skill set. You don't just yeah. jump from zero to 10 on a skill like playing the guitar yeah or if you do you're probably going to fumble something up right yeah. whereas if it's that sort of incremental like i'm getting better i'm getting better i'm getting better um, and that's why i just tell people to invest even if it's just a hundred bucks yeah you're, you're emotionally attached to that hundred dollars the same as a fund manager is to his half a billion dollars yeah you know it still means a lot to you and you're still looking at it go up and down and and you've got to learn to go through that emotion with a hundred before you can do that with a hundred thousand or, or a million Mm. So, yeah, it's very much connected to the, to the person that you are. Yeah, I've never thought of that, but it's it, it's such a cool technique and a cool thing for people to try to change their relationship with money and to, to have a play with it and almost recognize it as a, as a tool, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I've, I've, I worry a lot of people get stuck in this perception of, you know, I will start investing when or I will start saving when. Or I, it's always yeah. on the back end. It's like once yeah, I yeah. do this first or this first or this first. And inevitably, of course, they just end up with a lot of credit card debt along the yeah. way. <laughs> what do you think are the barriers that stop people from doing something in, in their financial life? It's a brilliant book, uh, Millionaire Success Habits. Uh-huh. So they sort of recently come out. And he said, um, one of the best books I've read, and he says that people always associate happiness with an outcome. They say, just if I, if I um, you know, if I have money, then I'll be happy. If I start yeah. losing weight, then I'll be happy. And he said, happiness is actually where you start. Yeah. You say, you know, if you're happy within yourself and you're comfortable, then the other things just, you know, losing weight's easier. Accumulating money is a lot easier. Mm. So people associate that with, um, yeah, they kind of put it off. Whereas if you can get yourself in the right frame of mind, mm. no matter your financial background, then the rest kind of becomes easier. Mm. Know, weird kind of way um but yeah we can go into the whole different reward systems as humans we always go for that instant gratification and it's not just a generational thing now people have done that for for years yeah um it's just that we have bigger information distribution systems so it seems like it's a lot more um relevant for this generation um but yeah you go for that whole um pain and gain motivators you know the gain to get something now on afterpay is much more rewarding than the pain of not getting it and then again 10 years from now Mm. that's kind of the basis of what um yeah, yeah what people do but you go into the whole budgeting thing you know a lot of those experts have they make budgeting sound really boring yeah. they, <laughs> cutting out the lattes have budget yeah. accommodations don't have fun <laughs> yeah, don't have fun that's what people associate budgeting with mm. but um what i get people to do is I, I get them to um just assign themselves one area in life that they get really really excited about or they really really enjoy yeah uh, kind of go go a little bit crazy spending on that area, but you'd sort of tighten up everywhere else. Yep. So I've got a friend who just loved cars, and he went through in his twenties, went there like three or four brand new cars. Mm. Then he get one and like, yeah, I'm over this eighteen months later, trade it in. Um, then I was talking to him about traveling overseas to Europe. He's like, I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm not religious, not interested in the history really. Yep. So his thing was buying cars, whereas I'm on the opposite. I'd save all my money just to go travel, yep. um, sort of anywhere. But that sort of works. You, you splurge on that area in life. And then you tighten up everywhere else. So for him, he's not going out having, um, you know, spending ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a mm. holiday. Um, the cars, what makes him excited? Because he can pack it up, he can go to the beach and go camping, he can spend time with friends and family, and that's what he associates with it. Yeah. Um, and, and on the same one, I, I have a Corolla that's about seven years old. Yep. You know, two hundred thousand k's on it. Don't get excited by cars. I just see it as a A to B type thing. Yeah. But I, you know, splurge and spend more money on on travel. So find your one thing that you allow yourself to indulge in. 
uh, kind of like a cheat meal. You're dying yep. and you're cutting the calories and the carbs and that, and you do that forever. You're gonna, you're just gonna have. A you're gonna resent week. it, right? You're just gonna <laughs> bomb. You're just yeah. gonna smash the calories and. And so that's like the equivalent of the emotional shopping sprees that people do, right? Like they've been yeah. really tight and then after a while they, I don't know, maybe they're a bit stressed, they're at <laughs> home, they're on bloodline shopping late at night. Yeah. And with Afterpay now, next thing they know, they're like, yeah. shit, I've, you know, chewed up a few thousand dollars. How did I do that? Like, yeah. But whereas if you keep rewarding that, um, you know, feeding that reward system on a yeah. regular basis because you're like, oh, you know, this Saturday is my cinemas and movies night where we just, yeah. we spend 150 bucks for the night. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine to do. And then you just tighten up elsewhere. You're not buying lunch every day or, um, yeah. So so build like that reward system into into what you do. It doesn't have to be so terrible cutting lattes and, and budget accommodation type thing. Yeah. And I suppose it's just recognising that, again, money is a tool. I love the idea of it. It's just expressing your values. Like you've yeah. got a lot of value placed on travel. Your friend has a lot of value placed on cars and that's their thing. And I think when people start to recognize what do they really enjoy and what matters to them, yeah. they can use money as a tool towards that. Do you tend to see that if people aren't clear on that, they'll fall into a very standard sort of path of like, okay, I think, again, if we, is it a Will Smith quote? Well, what's the, who said uh, the big problem is people are buying things to impress, with money they don't have to impress people they don't like, yeah. <laughs> right? And it's people just, don't care. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Something along those yeah. lines. But do you find that if people aren't clear on, well, say, for example, if you're like, I don't know, I don't know, it's travel, I don't know, it's cars, I don't know what matters to me. Yeah. Do you find they just spend money on very certain things? Um, well, they, depends what, I guess, emotional gap they're trying to fill. Yeah, if, gotcha. If you, like, keep spending all the time. Um, it's got to be some kind of emotional because you get a you get a hit when you buy you know that, that piece of clothing that suit that dress that that brand new car yeah you, you've got to explore what is that actual outcome that you're looking for mm. you know is it that status outcome so you can um, you know show off your friends that you've got a brand new car and they don't and you're driving a BMW and, and then you're associated in, in that kind of light mm. shift that thinking what other ways can you do that without spending money and still get that um, sort of praise or that um, yeah, way that you're being viewed. Mm. So money is 100% emotional. Yeah, you're spending it for an emotional reason or emotional outcome. Yeah, um, you know, if you're just spending online relentlessly, you know, why are you doing that? What other areas of your life are kind of falling down where you need to reward yourself? Mm. The, the process for like accumulating money and, and dieting and food is very very similar. Mm. You just keep hitting that reward system with, um, you know, when, when you go and have that slice of cake that turns into half a cake, or you just you're going to get new work clothes that turns into all this unnecessary kind of stuff that you've bought. Yeah, I've walked into the shops and, and with the intention of going to one shop and somehow I've now got <laughs> 10 of them. Yeah. <laughs> and you walk out with armfuls. Where did this happen? Like, do I, do <laughs> you I look like great, it? but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to catch on something you said there because I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Money is 100% emotional. And I know a lot of things I've looked at uh, when it comes to money is people talking about trying to remove the emotion from it. Yeah. Talk to me about sort of the the clash between those two concepts yeah so it, it's a it's a big concept and you you remove the emotion from money by i guess like i said finding that emotional part that what it, you know kind of ignites you with yeah with money. okay gotcha because everyone has that I, I tell people that they fall into three categories um so you know first ones are keeping up with the kardashians where you're just spending ridiculously you know you're buying oh. everything you're buying gucci you're a uni student buying gucci which you know i've seen but doesn't make sense um, which is fine, but that just means you need to increase your income to live yep. that sort of lifestyle. Um, the second one's uh, where most people fall into, and I call them soul feeders. That's where you just find that one, maybe two things that you get really excited about. 
Um, and then, you know, if you get, again, you get really excited about going on a date night and spending 150, um, you know, on, on, on a meal on a Saturday, then you kind of remove the emotion from taking your own lunch to work every week. Yeah, gotcha. Because you know so you're that, still hitting that. Yeah. yeah, you're still hitting that emotional part. But the rest of it, it's it's not a no, it's a not now type of thing. Gotcha. And then you've got the, the crazy people that are thrifty that just love saving money and, yep. and they'd be awesome to be in that category. Yeah. They get kind of excited by walking five kilometres to save that two bucks on the ATM fee. Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah, I've done it. I've been the system. <laughs> I'm, I'm ahead. That's the best category to be into, yeah. realistically. Yeah, we don't fit into that category. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, big concept. Find that emotional part so you reward yourself. Otherwise, you just, yeah, you're going to go insane. Yeah. And so uh, talk to me about, I mean, obviously, we had the chat before jumping on the interview, and we had to talk about some of those statistics that I shared at the start. And I could see in yourself, you're like, this is this is worrying for like an entire country. Like, <laughs> it's concerning. What are sort of your hopes for people financially in Australia, like moving into the future? Because I know like for me, I wasn't taught jack shit about this in school <laughs> or, or really anywhere. Yeah. My associations with money were formed by watching my parents fight about it. So I did form that sort of connection that money is a bad thing. It creates conflict, <laughs> you know, and had some, a lot, I've had about a year of money mindset coaching to change that. Yeah. Then also my financial strategy was very much developed from just pulling things from movies or, you know, like the, <laughs> which yeah. is not the best place to start. So what's your <laughs> hopes for like, I don't know, I suppose changing the culture around money and, and changing the way people think about it and approach it. Yeah. So it, it's, it's become easier. Like we've got these apps where, and I teach a, a lot around investing, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day to start investing, you need a reasonable amount of money. You'd need a broker. You need to bring them up and exchange funds. It's something like um, the Razor, where it's yes. a micro investor. You can be an investor overnight. Yeah. You know, so run us through that because I know, like, uh, for a lot of our audience, they've never even thought of the idea of investing because I think they still get caught in that trap. And I know I did for a long time. Yeah. Of if I'm going to invest, I need five grand sitting there ready to go, and I need to know someone. And yeah, run yeah. us through some of this. So, so that app is uh, it started out with like a Roundup app. So you attach it to your bank account and uh-huh. say you go out and buy a coffee for four dollars fifty. They'll round the purchase up to five bucks, and that fifty cents will then go to your investment account. And then it's invested. You can choose. I won't get too much into the investing side of things, mm. but they go into sort of index funds and exchange traded funds, which means they're really diversified across different categories. And you can select whether you want to be conservative or if you want to have an aggressive sort of investment return. And it just automatically goes in there. And you do that every time you spend. It gets rounded up and put into that account. And you can also put like um, lump sums into there, like hundred bucks yep. tax returns and that type of thing. And that just gets people used to the process of investing, mm. looking at their money, how it kind of goes up and down. You know, that wasn't available like 10 years ago, you know, let alone 20 or 30 years ago. So mm. the, the barriers to actually building wealth and, and being good with money is actually really diminished. Mm. And you think even back, I don't know how people did it before apps. I have an app called Track My Spend um, from ASIC. And every time I spend money, I'll go on there and record it, how much I spend, allocate a category to it. Was it a want or need? And oh. then um, I don't I don't usually review it. Uh-huh. It's just kind of that exercise of being aware and it's kind of got a running total. Yeah, it sort of trains mindfulness around money by the sound of it. It's like, yeah, taking that little <laughs> mindful moment to go, did I really need that? Was it a want? Was yeah, it, how do yeah. I feel after buying it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And then, you know, I'm just trying to think, how would you do that 30 years ago? You yeah. Couldn't. You'd have to spend it, then wait for the bank to send you out your bank statement four months later, and you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have spent <laughs> money then. It's too late. You've already gone and, um, you know. So, yeah, just looking at those different areas makes it so much easier. Mm. And, and that's where you've got to start. Like, you know, if people are serious about doing it, you've just got to start tracking it. Yep. Before you change anything, just start tracking, whether it's looking at the credit card statement or the bank card statement and kind of going through and allocating it 
or just downloading that app or some kind mm. of app or just put notes into your phone and, and do it for um, a week or so. Just mm. Every time you spend, um, just write it down and you'll get used to, um, you know, the different areas. And the opportunity is really easy. Like people get caught up and they generally think of the money problems are a bit bigger than what they are. But there's a place I used to work at, um, work at, and the parking was eight bucks, mm-hmm. eight bucks a day, which is pretty good in Newcastle. Like mm-hmm. when you go to Sydney, it's ridiculous. Um, and it'd be across the road from work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd always park. It was a good 15-minute walk away, mm-hmm. but it was kind of free parking. So for me, it was saving money and it was, um, you and know, you exercise it as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. just brilliant. It makes sense. But other people that had paid that eight bucks and they say, you know, it's only eight bucks. Why, why would you do that? I said, it's my flights to Europe every year. The eight yeah. bucks a day is so five days a week is forty bucks a week, and then over a year is fifteen hundred to depends how often you work. Yeah. Fifteen hundred to two thousand bucks. Damn, yeah, yeah. And that's not changing anything. Mm. Like that's that's not a big change on your life or a big sacrifice. Mm. Walking fifteen minutes a day, opposed to parking across the road from work, in fact, yeah. that alone would change your life. Yeah, you walk an extra thirty minutes a day, and you save <laughs> two grand a year. Yeah, yeah, simple things like that. There's so much opportunity that um, people have in their budgets that they don't. Um, they don't look at. One of the best examples ever is Netflix uh-huh. still have 2 million DVD subscribers that haven't unsubscribed. Wait, what? Yeah. Netflix still have 2 million DVD subscribers when they used to post out DVDs on a subscription basis. Yeah. They still collect money from those guys because they haven't cancelled <laughs> their subscription. <laughs> 2 million. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I... <laughs> that I mean, that shocks me. That sounds like I'm lost for words, but... <laughs> But I suppose it, it does highlight this thing of if you're not me- like measuring it, if you're not aware of it, yeah, how do you know? Yeah, you've got no idea. Right? And I think a big problem is, which I, I love that you've just sort of busted, uh, people tend to fall into that thinking of, okay, time to change my finances, it's an all or nothing game. Yeah. Whereas what you just highlighted, like such a beautiful example, is like by making a small change, like parking 15 minutes away in the free parking, that's my flights to Europe for a year. Like that yeah. is... And allocate it seems that so much more manageable, to it. right? Don't just think that's two thousand dollars on the mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's boring. Yeah, you yeah. Do that. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to get excited about that enough that you know you're going to when I'm driving a bit tired towards work one day. I'm like, oh, I could just pull it into the park. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that's as it's those little changes again because it's hard once you get to a lifestyle that you can mm-hmm. used to with money. It's hard to go backwards. Mm-hmm. So cutting out that, you know, um, there's a general rule that you should only spend about thirty percent of your um, income on, on housing, whether yep. that's renting or mortgage, that's kind of hard to do once you've committed to like 60% of your income. Mm. But you find those those little wins like that parking, that's that's not impacting anyone's life. Um, another one I tell is ring up everyone and negotiate, whether it's a mortgage, credit card, mm-hmm. insurance. Um, I've done this probably, what was it, about four months ago now mm-hmm. because I just got in the habit. I got the comprehensive car insurance and they sent me through a quote and it started out about 1200 bucks, I think, few years ago because I was under 30 and whatever other nonsense mm-hmm. they told me. And it got to about 1500 bucks. I'm like, man, that seems a bit dear. Mm. And I just jumped on and I got a quote for um, for 500 online. Mm. So I followed it up. It took me about 90 minutes. Mm. Um, it's funny though, the, the quote that I got online was for the same company that I was with. Yeah, gotcha. So they're like, send me the quote number. And I'm like, yep, yeah, we'll do. And yeah, went from 1500 bucks down to $500 a wow. year in premiums yeah. um, from like a 90-minute phone call. Yeah, and that, that was just one. That's not I've negotiated with credit card fees because if yeah. you tell a bank that you're going to leave, yeah, they get pretty, they'll do everything. Yeah, they get pretty anxious yeah, yeah. because they've got it calculated that, you know, they've got their lifetime value of the customer. They can make X amount of your interest rates and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, they become pretty pretty open to negotiation if you say, meh. Close down my accounts. I'm going to go elsewhere. Yeah, you find. And really, what do you have things. to lose, right? It's just calling them and being 
asking the question. Yeah, like, yeah. it might take you 60 minutes, 90 minutes type thing and a bit of paperwork, but yeah. Again, if you look at it from, <laughs> for the sake of, would you trade 90 minutes to save yourself the equivalent money of a flight to Europe in the year? Yeah. I think a lot of people who are travel oriented would jump at that, right? They'd be like, <laughs> well, work's not going to pay me a flight to Europe in 90 <laughs> minutes. So like, yeah. 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 Subscriptions, I forget the exact number, but it's something ridiculous. Um, well into the hundreds, it might be seven or 800 a year. We have in subscriptions we don't use. Wow. Um, whether that's, you know, you've just signed up to some app or something. Yep. Um, yeah, years ago that you haven't, change because it's three bucks a month and you're like i was gonna say it's only or the classic one is the gym membership right like people get it in january or february they're like i will still go to this (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's now october (laughs) cancel your gym membership and when you start running uh two days a week for for two months then you have to go back to the gym yeah it's build the habit (laughs) first right yeah yeah and and they're killers like they're Mm. You know, 60, 50, 60 bucks a month yep. type of thing, and that's that's easy. And again, everything that I've mentioned hasn't changed in life at all. You're mm. still drinking the lattes, you're still living wherever you are. They're just simple little things that can, um, yeah, bring three, four, five thousand dollars a year um, difference. Yeah, incredible, mm. mate. I could talk to you about this for a long time because I'm personally fascinated <laughs> by it. Um, and I know our listeners will be getting a lot of value out of this. We are sort of nearing the end of the interview, and I do want to put you on the spot a little bit oh, for the last bit. Uh, <laughs> And sort of go if if there were three core things, be it ideologies, concepts, practices, habits, anything, three core things that you wish you could just snap your fingers yeah. and everyone in Australia would just like have that down when it came to money. Yeah. What would they be? Um, first thing, everyone's got to increase their income. Essentially, mm-hmm. two ways to improve your budget: you decrease your costs or increase your income. Mm-hmm. Your ability to increase your income is unlimited. And so it's going in there and telling your boss that you think you deserve a raise mm. um, and, you know, an extra five grand a year. Again, that adds up. You're not doing anything differently. Uh, map out a career plan. If you're in middle management, you want to go to senior management, um, you know, what do you need to do? Do you need to move sideways and manage staff, manage budgets, starting rolling in your MBA for that long-term sort of goal? So um, yeah, increasing your income is massive. Um, number two is knowing that money is made up. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. I remember learning at uni and how um, banks work. Yep. And I remember just sitting there with a blank look on my face like, is anyone else learning this? That banks don't have anywhere near the amount of reserves or cash. Like if everyone went to the bank right now. And said, pull all my cash. Pull the money they couldn't out. do it, right? Not even half of yeah, us yeah. could do it. Yep. So that whole concept that money itself is made up. And when you kind of realize that, yeah. it just changes it because you're not, you're just accumulating this random thing. Like what if the government came out tomorrow and said, um, you know, five cent pieces are no longer accepted as, as currency. Yeah. And, they, and we're becoming, it's interesting you mentioned that because we're becoming increasingly less tangible in money, right? Like first it was gold and silver bars, yeah, yeah. then it was, <laughs> you know, notes and now we're increasingly just becoming numbers on screen. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, just understanding that concept that it, it doesn't sort of exist and mm. um, yeah, once you kind of go through that mental barrier. But one of the things I explain, like if you, you took a $5 note and set it on fire, the mm. treasurer is not going to the books in Australia and saying we're less $500 in this country. Mm. Imagine if 10 million people done that. Mm. We just told people to to go to your go to your wallet, pull out cash, and burn it. There's no adjustment in the in the funds to say so. All that type of stuff, yeah. Mm. Money is just kind of made up. When you mm. learn that, um, yeah, it's kind of yeah different. And the other thing is um, the third third and final one is um, you, you can still be a good person with money. Oh, you, you can still yeah. achieve so much. Like you can have so much more um, impact um, when you have money. Because yeah, when when you don't have a lot when you're struggling. It's hard to help other people. And, and I know 
when I talk to people, two things they say, um, if they'd win the lottery or if they had a lot of money, they say travel, look after the family and go through that type of stuff as you do. The other one is give back. Like yeah. They give back to others. They volunteer because they'd have more time. You, you can only do that when you have a lot of money. Mm. Uh, or not a lot of money, but, you know, a, a reasonable You're covering your bases and, yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a lot. Like if you get paid 300 bucks a day at work mm. and you create an income stream that's um, – you know, three hundred dollars a week, for example, fifteen grand a year. Mm. That's a long weekend every single week mm. from three hundred bucks per week, and then you can go out and volunteer and have that massive sort of impact. So, um, money just gives you opportunity and, and freedom. So, understanding that concept, um, mm. yeah, really powerful. Mate, uh, thank you so much again for coming on. Like, I'm yeah, so excited to continue this conversation <laughs> off air and keep chatting. But uh, for those who have loved this, make sure you reach out to him. Make sure you connect with him. We'll have all the links in the show notes as always. And, man, thank you once again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. You can keep going for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Part two coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Please join me in thanking Phil once again for being on the show. This man is incredible. I've become very close to him and I'm very excited to continue bringing his knowledge and expertise to you guys through not only the podcast, but through the wellness library and pocket coach as well. Make sure you reach out to him and connect. His link is in the show notes alongside that link we spoke about earlier to go sign up for the wellness library for free. And don't forget as always, to thank yourself as well. Like you are making a choice each week to listen to this podcast and to do something for your well-being and your personal development. You could just as easily, you know, binge watch something on Netflix or mindlessly scroll social media, but you are choosing to do something that brings value to your life and helps you live a happier life. And that needs to be commended. So thank you to you for doing that for yourself. And thank you for supporting us. This is a fully independent podcast. That's why you don't hear any ads on it. Uh, it's backed 100% by myself and our BU team. And we do that because we believe in giving you the tools and resources to help you live a better life. We know for a fact that when people are happier and more fulfilled, they make a better impact on other people's lives. And through that, we can really spread a ripple effect that positively impacts a trillion people over the next coming generations. But we do need your help to do that. And the best way to help us with that, well, there's a couple. One is give us a five-star review on whatever you're listening to this through at the moment. Make sure you write a bit of a review as well. Uh, if you check out our social media pages, it's BU Coaching on Instagram and on Facebook. Give them a follow and a like. It does make a difference. And of course, share this podcast with as many people as you can. Get as many of your friends and family listening to it and recommend it to them. Uh, put it up on your social media stories. Honestly, it does make the world of difference when you help us help more people. And together, we really can make an impact that starts with self. Now on that note, you know how we end these things. Until the next time we talk, make an impact, start with self, and be you. <laughs>